There's two ways to preach. One from a place of, I've got all this figured out and you need to listen to me. And the other from a place of, I'm still figuring this out and you need to listen to God. And I am going to do my best to communicate what God has said through his word. The two approaches are very different, but sometimes they can sound the same. And sometimes we can fall into one or the other. On some days we may approach a sermon from a place of, hey, I got this and you need to kick yourself into gear. And in other days, we may approach it more humbly from a place of, this is not something that I have mastered, but fortunately, you're not looking to me as your example, you're looking to Jesus. So let's figure this out together as we look into God's word. I much prefer that approach, but it is an intentional approach. And as I was preparing my message for this Sunday, this hit me as I'm reading through this passage that I'm gonna teach about in Ephesians 4, and I thought, these are all things that I'm still working on. And it just hit me that I need to approach this message the same way, really, that I should approach any message. And that is from a place of deep humility and an acknowledgement that I have not figured it all out yet. But fortunately, God is working on and sanctifying me. And I have a message that he has given me to give to you. So how does all this work? You may lean on one side or on the other. We're gonna talk about all of that today in this episode, episode 57 of the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Welcome, my name is Lane, I am your humble host. And today's going to be a lot of fun, but it's also gonna be somewhat reflective. As we look at what it means to let the word speak to you and let the word speak to me when we prepare our messages. If you're new here, I want to give you something for free just for saying just to say thank you for stopping by. If you go to preachingdonkey.com/21days, you can pick up my free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. This is a three-step three-week process that will walk you through how to create a compelling message. So whether you've been preaching for a long time and you just are looking for fresh ideas or you're brand new to preaching and you want something to help you get started, there's something in there for you. So go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, totally free, my gift to you. I also want to mention, if you don't currently uh, have, if you're not currently joined into my course, Killer Sermons Academy, the price is going to go up. I've been doing a lot of updates to it, adding things to it, making it amazing. And so it, there's only a short amount of time where it's still gonna be the price that it's pretty much always been since I launched the course three years ago. So if you go to preachingdonkey.com slash KSA, for Killer Sermons Academy, preachingdonkey.com slash KSA. You can grab the course right now for life at the price that it's at, and it's gonna go up soon. So if you've ever been on the fence about it, if you've been thinking, you know, I should probably get that course, it's my holistic end-to-end -end complete system for creating and delivering messages, but also for how that works into your schedule as a pastor, how to make it all work for you, how to work with a preaching team, how to deliver sermons well, how to prepare sermons well for the most effective result possible. If you've ever thought about jumping into the course, now is the time, preachingdonkey.com slash KSA. All right, so let's dive into this. There's two ways to approach a sermon, like I said, 
One is from a place of, I've got this figured out, look at me, I'm amazing, and you need to do what I am doing. Now, we would never probably say it that way, but you've probably heard pastors who come across in that way. And sometimes we may not even realize that that's how we're coming across, but the way, the language that we're using, the way that we're speaking, the, the approach we're taking is a lot of, you need to do this. And that's kind of one of the ways that you can understand if this is happening, is if there's a lot of you and a lot of this and a lot of you and a lot of this. The problem is, the thing that is removed from that is my experience as a pastor, as the preacher, with the transformation that I'm trying to communicate. So if it's all you and no we, if it's all you and no me, if it's all this and you and that, then a lot of it is going to come from that place of pride and I've got this figured out and you need to figure this out too. On the other hand, if we're coming at this from a place of humility, where we're saying, I haven't figured this all out, I'm not perfect at this, if you were to follow me around all day, would I live a completely sanctified life in every way? Of course not. The way that's gonna sound is more invitational. More saying, I want to invite you along on this journey with me to follow the example of Jesus. I want to invite you to let, I, I want to invite you to look into the scriptures and let it change you, to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and let him change you. And it's invitational rather than kind of confrontational. Now, I will say preaching encompasses all of this. Sometimes as preachers, we have to do some of that. You got to do what the word says. And other times we've got to take the invitational approach and invite people along on the journey. All I'm saying is that if it's all you got to do this and no invitational, no acknowledgement of my own flaws and faults within myself and within my Christian life, then it's going to be lacking a very crucial element and that's humility. And people lean into humility and they reject cockiness. They lean into an invitation and they reject an accusation. So you want to make sure that you are approaching this from a place of humility, not just because it's more effective, but because it is the right way to approach it. The reason why I say that is because if you approach a message that hasn't really changed you, but you approach it as if you've you're walking on sunshine. You've got it all figured out. You're doing everything that the scripture tells you to do. You're following. If you approach it that way and it isn't actually true, then that makes you a hypocrite. And it's only so long until that becomes a problem that gets exposed. So the question that I want to deal with today is, how do we prevent this? What is the way that we can prevent this from happening? There's lots of things that go into this. Uh, one answer would just be to say, be humble, right? But that's a little bit hard to live out. It's kind of vague. I wanna give you some clear things that you can do. And I want to actually do this from a place of showing you what I am dealing with, with my message that I'm going to preach. So this week, as I sat down and I'm reading through the passage that I'm gonna preach about on Sunday, and I'm making my points and I'm making my bottom line and I'm filling out the illustrations and I'm doing all the things that I teach to do and that I do in practice. 
it hit me that this is a really hard passage to live out. There's a lot in this passage that's about being compassionate and kind and forgiving. And I was starting to kind of formulate a message that was like, we need to be passionate or we need to be compassionate and kind and forgiving regardless of how we're treated. And I started to realize that has not always been the case. And more than that, it's really something that I have a hard time with, especially if I feel like I've been wronged. So there's two approaches that I can take. One is to say, I'm going to go at this message with fingers pointed, hoping that nobody realizes that this is something that I also struggle with, or I'm going to approach this from a different place. And that's a place of humility. So here's what I had to do. There are four things that I feel like are really, really helpful in these kind of situations. And really you could take any passage of scripture, anything you're teaching, what we're teaching when we preach are ideals. We're teaching to be like Christ, which is an ideal. And all of us fall short of that ideal or of that standard. So none of us come at this from a place of perfection, but here's four things that we can do that really help. Number one, read the passage, okay? Read the passage. Why do I say this? It, it sounds obvious if you're doing sermon preparation to read the passage, but so many people jump straight to commentaries. So many people jump straight over to look at what other people have preached about regarding this passage, and they don't really actually study the passage and its words and what it says that's so vital because the second thing is you've got to let the passage read you what do i mean by that i mean don't just read the passage and say hmm this is what it says but actually ask the question am i living this has this passage and what the through the inspiration of the holy spirit what this author is saying have i let this change me have i let this is this something that I need to work on? Is there a sin that I need to confess? Is there something that I need to repent of? Is there a command I need to obey? Is there a promise that I need to claim? Is there anything in this passage that I have not yet allowed to change my life? So read the passage. That's number one. Let the passage read you. That's number two. Number three, try it on. This is why I love for sermon prep to be a little bit longer than a week. This is why if you're the lead pastor at your church, don't preach every week. Maybe do three or four weeks in a row and then take a couple weeks off. What this does is it allows a little bit of breathing room between sermons so you can actually try the passage on for a little while before it has to turn into a sermon. So what I mean by try it on is to say, in my daily life, I'm going to put these words before me. I'm going to try it on. I'm going to try living this out. I'm going to pray through this on a daily basis or pray through parts of this on a daily basis and let God begin to work it into my life so that when I teach it on Sunday or next Sunday, it's actually a part of my experience and I can speak from a place of having lived it at least for a little while. And then number four is speak from a true place. So this goes back to the very first thing I said, coming at it from a place of humility and honesty instead of coming at it from a place of accusation and condemnation. So when I teach this message, I'm not going to say, Paul says that you better do this and by golly, you better, right? As much as I'm going to say, let's take a look at what Paul says about what it looks like to put on the new self. And I'm telling you, this message 
wrecked me. This passage wrecked me because it was a mirror that I looked into and I was able to see all the ways that I'm falling short of the ideal. So let's pursue this ideal together as we seek to obey what the Lord is showing us in this passage. So read the passage, let the passage read you, try it on and speak from a true place. Now I do wanna mention something, and that is something that some of you might be thinking, which is, shouldn't a pastor be above reproach? Isn't there something that could disqualify you? Yes and yes, right? You, as a pastor, as an elder, as an overseer, you are to be above reproach, and there are things that are disqualifying. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, when you preach a message, there has got to be something in there that you see and go, hmm, if I'm honest, I haven't completely given that over to the Lord yet in the way that I should. And so when I teach upon it, when I teach on it, I shouldn't do it from a place like I've got this completely mastered and all of you just need to listen. That is a flawed and dishonest place to come from it. So when you speak from a true place, you're acknowledging, hey, there's some things that are in this passage that I'm still working on, that the Lord's still working on me. That's the process of sanctification. And what that does is it actually invites other people in your church to be honest in their small groups and in their communities so that you have a church filled with people that don't just think, wow, I wish we could be like the pastor because he's perfect. But they're saying, I want us to be more like Jesus. And together, if we're honest, we read the passage, we let the passage read us, we try it on and we speak from a true place. You're modeling this when you preach and it becomes a part of the culture of your church. More authenticity, less phoniness, less fakeness. And eventually what you have is a church filled with honest people who are letting God sanctify them and they're doing it together in community, which is way more powerful than everybody just acting like they're perfect right? That's all I'm saying in this podcast. I would love to hear what you think. You can comment below if you're watching here on YouTube. If you're listening on one of the many podcast players, be sure to leave me a review. If you haven't yet grabbed your free guide, go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, and I will see you in the next episode real soon. Until then, remember if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you, and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast.